baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This hour of the G&J Show is presented by Regions Bank. Now, back to the Giannato and Jeffrey Show, live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. G&J on 92.9 FM ESPN. Earlier today, I was down at Grizzlies Media Day. In order to give you some of the sound, let's get into the list. Giannato and Jeffrey keep a list of the stories and people they need to talk about. Being on the list can be a good or bad thing. Listen to find out who made it and why. This is The List. You just made the list! On Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Let's start with the new guys. Marcus Smart. You just made the list! Marcus Smart is joining the program, and Marcus, it's a pleasure to have you in Memphis. I want you, though, to, to start. Take me back to, now that you've had some time to think about it, how did you process everything that happened to you this summer? Um, it was a lot, actually. Um, you know, so started off in December. I proposed to my wife, now wife, my fiance at the time. Uh, my house flooded in January. <laughs> I get Other back than that, how was it? <laughs> it was great. It was great. Then I get back in the house, and then a month later, um, the trade happens. So now I'm traded. So as we're trying to put stuff back in our house, we're taking it back out and trying to figure out where we're going to put it. And then the wedding, honeymoon, and now here. So it's just been go, 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 go for me. Um, but um, it's all been it's all been fun, and it's been a great experience, you know, as, as much as uh, chaotic as it's been. How much does moving suck? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. And, and it's not so much a suck for me. Uh, it's more of our families that, that really go through it. And I don't think people really understand that, you know, the wives, the girlfriends, the kids, the moms, the everybody that's, you know, off the court who, who help you with that, um, they, they get a lot more stress because of that, and they're dealing with it a lot more. So uh, it's definitely tough on you. I'm curious before we get into this year, how did other locker rooms view this team the last couple of years? What, what was kind of the general consensus when players would talk to each other? Just this, you know, it's a fun young team. It's a fun young team, and uh, and uh, you know they it kind of brought some of them back to their, their to their younger days and uh, when they were playing. Um, but they loved it. They loved the energy, the atmosphere of this team, and uh, you know uh, they were excited to see what those young guys could do on the court. How does this camp opening feel for you now? Feels good. This is my going into my tenth season, but it still feels like it's my first day, um, um, and that's a great feeling. You know, I think once you lose that feeling. You know, you kind of lose the, the sense of basketball and wanting to play, but it's still, I'm still jittery, I'm still anxious, and, and I'm ready to go. Have you thought about the, the Tony Allen connections? Uh, I, I did laugh at, you know, the Oklahoma State connections, the, the Boston obviously coming here. Is that something you've thought about? Is it something that's like, it's, it's nice to say, but it doesn't really cross your mind. How do, how do you feel about it? Of course I have. You know, uh, T.A., you know, that's my guy, you know, former Polk himself. Um, I actually met Tony Allen um, for the first time at the top 100 camp when I was in uh, high school and, and um, we became you know real acquainted 
just because, you know, I'm out there, you know, I, I went up to him and told him, like, whoever's in front of me, I'm locking him up. It don't matter. So, you know, as you know, T.A., he loves that. And uh, then he f realized I was going to Oklahoma State and uh, that connection. But you definitely hear it. And it's actually uh, it's funny to see how, how similar uh, to the T we really are. Um, and stuff like that, but you know, you definitely tip your hat off. I definitely watch TA and everything that he's accomplished and done, um, and, and you know, taking bits and pieces of his game and trying to implicate him tomorrow. What excites you the most about this year? Oh man, a new beginning. You know, um, you know, we're starting. Everybody's starting at zero. You know, everybody's starting media day to day, and we get an opportunity to come out and uh, you know really show. Um, and surprise a lot of people because, you know, with all these trades happening and everything like that, you know, um, a lot of people has definitely uh, threw us under the radar. We kind of slipped under the radar and people kind of forgot, you know, what Memphis has been doing and, uh, and what they're capable of. So being able to come back out there and reestablish that uh, is probably going to be the most fun thing I'm looking for. Does it feel like the league's reshuffled a bit? Like you mentioned, it's not just the trades this offseason, but it's, you know, the trades at the trade deadline last year. Does it feel like there's been kind of a reshuffling of the league? Definitely, I think I think uh, with these with these uh, these trades and these these shuffles that you know it's only going to make uh, the league more entertaining um, from from every aspect, players to playing, from the fan experience and things like that. So it's going to be great. Is there a difference for you? You spent your whole career in the East, and now you're moving over to the West. Is that something that actually matters? Is I mean, I know at the same time you're you're still playing teams from the East, you're still playing teams from the West. It just the schedule looks different. But is there a difference? between playing the Eastern Conference and the West? A little bit. Um, you know, the East is a little more, more, a little more um, you know, physical. You know, it's a lot of beating up that, that, that those guys do in the East. And, you know, in the West, it's run and gun. You know, run, gun, shoot, um, and, and, you know, get up and down the floor as quick as possible. So um, it's just a little difference, but um, basketball is basketball, no matter where you're at, Western or Eastern Conference, just going out there and having fun doing it. Does the run and gun play, does that excite you? Very much so. You know, in Boston, we tried to push the ball as much as possible, being one of those teams, you know, that could also run and gun, but also, you know, if we had to lock down and, and you know, make it a slugfest. Um, but being able to run out, get out um, down the floor and, and, you know, get easy buckets and get guys going is definitely something that I'm looking forward to. We're speaking here with Marcus Smart. We're wrapping up. I think let's wrap up here. Obviously, this team is, you know, has a disappointing exit in the playoffs last year and a lot of conversation around them. You bring some stability here. In your mind, what, what are the challenges for this season and, and what you would like to see this team address? Um, you know, just being able to, to, to stay in that, in that mindset, that winning mindset. You know, um, as a young team, you get excited. Um, excuse me. You get excited. And, uh, you know, until you go through some hardships and then it hits you. And it's like, what do we do now? You know, we didn't experience this. Nobody expected us to do this, but we're doing it. Um, and, and just being able to come in and, 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 and kind of rein us back in. And like, hey, we're here. We're doing what we're supposed to do. Let's continue to do it. Let's not stray. Let's not get too high. And let's not get too low. Do you think the, the way that it ended for them, that makes everyone a little bit more open and receptive to that idea? Of course, of course. Um, you know, being a, the, having a number two seed in the West and then, you know, losing first round, uh, first round that, that's going to definitely, you know, humble a lot of people in the aspect of, you know, just understanding the game a little bit more. It's a little bit tougher than what, than what you expected. You know, it's two different seasons from, you know, the, the regular season and, and the playoffs. So uh, being able to, to recognize and understand it and shift those gears, um, I think, think that losing in the first round definitely has opened up to everybody here to understanding that. Marcus, we really appreciate it. Welcome to Memphis, buddy. Thank you.
I think the thing that was very obvious talking with Marcus is you understand why Boston fans feel feel the way that they do about him. You can tell how much he cares. You can see uh, how much he loves basketball and how much he's excited, I think, for this new opportunity. It's a new guy, but he's a familiar face. Derrick Rose. You just made the list. Derrick Rose is joining the program. Derrick, yeah. how's it feel being back? It feels great. Kids loving it. The last time I was here, for real, was I was a kid going through things, 17, 18 years old, uh, having a blast down here. And now it's crazy how everything um, really comes full circle with me coming back, having my kids, one of my kids. My oldest goes, goes to Lausanne, and my two youngest uh, are homeschooled, but they're loving it here. Take us back to the summer. Like, when, when did you start to realize this was going to become an option for you? I always thought about it, like, towards the end of the year. Like, man, uh, you never knew with Tyus, what they were going to do with yeah. Tyus. And uh, my agent brought it up to me. Uh, and once he brought it up to me, I kind of prayed on it. Yeah. And was uh, hopefully <laughs> wishing that I, that it actually went through because, you know, I'm um, in the off time and being a free agent, things tend to tend to not go your way yeah. majority of the times where you want to go to a team they end up signing someone else or uh spot end up yeah it's a lot of things that go into it but uh i end up getting into that my agent told me about it i told my fiance or my wife about it at the time and we prayed on it and um i end up talking to uh tony allen yeah. about it like man what do you think about me coming back down to memphis he was like man that will be like pretty cool. So um, once he vouched it, I, I decided to come. That's interesting. You bring up how many, you know, especially when you're, you know, if you're going from contract to contract, how many deals fall through like in a given summer? Like is that like that? I think that's fascinating because like you sit there and you say like, hey, you know, I've had a lot of things that have come up and it, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Was it reassuring the fact that this one did work out? Like it does did. that kind of help? that kind of helps the process? Yeah, I mean, at that time when I was talking to TA, I was trying to get John number. So I was trying to uh, get his number through someone that I knew down here, of course, through Tony. And uh, once uh, I got his number, I just reached out to him once we started, like, texting. I'm like, all right, I see that he's cool. And that's when I start uh, my – I start – my heart is trying to like pray on it yeah. and hoping that it actually did go um actually play out but um for me because i'm 16 years in uh i don't get that many deals that's thrown to yeah. me like that but when i was younger i know some of these guys probably get four or five deals but with me it's probably like two or three when you actually got here did it make you realize like some of the anxiety maybe that you had like has it been as comfortable as it seems it feels like ever since you've been back like it's it's been good yeah man i mean i'm walking around people saying man welcome back home yeah it's kind of throwing me off because i'm from chicago but they remember me here as a kid so uh my uh response is like yeah i'm happy to be back but <laughs> but i'm from shy but they seen me grow here they seen me evolve here and not into what I am now and what I think I could bring to the team but they're going off of the past and that's the respect that I guess they got for me but I'm a different player now um, uh, I feel like I could add to this team in many ways and that's something that I can I, I'm saying right now but that's something that people have to see with action. Is it possible to be 
you know, 16 years in, excited for camp? Yeah. It is? It is. It is especially when you're in hot weather. <laughs> Where it's warm. <laughs> when you're in hot weather. These, these last two or three years I've been to Cleveland, Detroit, yeah. Minnesota, like, so being Give me here, some sunshine. Man, bro. Like just I hate coming cold weather. Out, I, I hate cold weather. Loose. Yes. Uh, it's the worst. Uh, uh body feeling right whenever yeah. I come out the facility. Uh even cold days here is not your Chicago cold. Yeah. So uh like I said, blessed. All right, and lastly, how does Joakim Noah end up officiating your wedding? <laughs> how does that come about? <laughs> That's all my wife. So we came from Jalen Brunson wedding where Archie, um, Archie, I don't want to, I don't want to f- mess up his last name. Ar- Archie, Ar- Archie, Arson. Archie, I, I used wanna, to be able to do it. Arch, I don't want to mess up your last name, so I'm not going to even try, bro. So Arch was um, officiating his um, his wedding. He did a great job. Yeah. We were at the table. He came back. My man, how I was asking him questions, you know, uh, and my wife was listening the whole time. So. Joaquin comes to the house uh, and shot, and uh, by the end of the night, he's about to leave. She stops him at the door and says, hey, what you think about officiating all wedding? Yeah. He said, whoa, whoa, got nervous right off the rip. I know really? Where, yes, he was very nervous, but it's always like that with people that think that they can't do it. Yeah, like sure. We always knew that he could do it because of um, how smart he is, how intelligent he is, and how just how dope he is period sure we thought he'd be able to do it but when we asked him that he got very tense and scared so that sweat a little bit look so that night he left i get a text and a call saying how um for one uh i think he was emotionally like distraught in a way yeah. where it's like damn you put this burden on me. extreme anxiety <laughs> yeah you put this burden on me but he did a great job. Everybody at the wedding said, like, man, they talked about how not only him, but just the whole reception, how the 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 cel- how everybody celebrated, how small it was. It was all um, thanks to my wife, though. She came up with every – I just told her I just want to show up. And that's, that's why I that married was, Yeah, I was like, tell me where to be, when to be, and how I – I just like, want to show exactly. up. Exactly. And she said, okay, I got you. And um, that's the reason why I married her, because she understood where I was coming from. Derek, it's great to have you back, buddy. Good luck to you Love, this season, man. You, man. Appreciate it. I think that's really one of the, and again, I have no idea how much Derek is or is not going to contribute to this team. I think the thing that was striking to realize and probably striking for him to realize is he probably had some mixed emotions about coming about coming back here. You know, maybe had some anxiety, and it really just, I think it struck him, and I think it has lifted him up that how well he has been received. I screwed it up in real time, but it's, Archie Diakono. Ryan Archie Diakono. I think I got it there. Uh, Let's turn our attention to some familiar faces. Let's put Taylor Jenkins. You just made the list. Head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins, joining us down here in FedEx Forum. Taylor, I I told Jeff Calkins this morning that I'd I'd start with this, and I feel like you're the appropriate person. Was last year fun? (laughs) I think it was fun. Um, obviously, we had our definite, uh, you know, trials and, and bumps. 
Um, but, you know, going into the season, obviously coming off a successful year, you know, two years ago, getting to the second round and all that, I, I felt the motivation from the group. Um, you know, the fun for me as a coach is always finding opportunities to, to teach, to grow, um, you know, and, and face our challenges, you know, not just, you know, some of the obvious ones that people are going to point to, but stuff, you know, from a coaching standpoint, accountability standpoint, um, you know, leadership standpoint, just investment standpoint, you know, time with people and building relationships. Uh, it was fun. Uh, we're constantly growing, you know, new faces last year, new staff, new players, same thing going into this year. But um, there was a lot to learn and it allowed me to propel myself into the off season to really take a hard look. I say that every year, but like even different than previous years to go like, man, what were the gains that we made and what were the holes? And, you know, that's what drives us every day as a coaching staff. We're just constantly focused on that, try to put our group, our team, our organization in the best position possible. Um, you know, if, if you're not having fun coaching basketball and sometimes trying to solve problems, solve issues, uh, in-game, out-of-game, whatever it is, um, then you're in the wrong spot. So highly motivated, you know, every single day with that kind of mentality. Um, and I even try to do that even more so this year. What were the lessons you took away from last year? Yeah, I'd say the, big, the biggest ones are, you know. Stay healthy? Yeah, stay healthy. You know, that's one. Sometimes that's out of your control. But luckily, our, our we have a great medical team. They focus on, like, where they can be better. Um, I know we use that phrase loosely, getting better, but for me, you know, for me, it's just like true growth as a leader and as a coach and understanding I've done X, Y, and Z, you know, good, bad, whatever, in, in four years, but really taking a hard look at like, where, where have I failed? Like, um, and it's not the play calls, it's not rotations. Yeah, of course, I, I spent a lot of time on that, but to me, it was how am I really ingraining myself with everyone in this organization, our players? How am I having meaningful, impactful relationships with them and recalibrating that and understanding I've got to spend more time I've got to have harder conversations how can I help our team grow well I've got to spend more time um, thought I did a good job but then I took a hard look and I was like no I, I've got windows of opportunity to do even better there um, obviously adding you know new coaches and new blood to the team new you know players you know uh, as well are just going to continue to you know fuel my fire um, to figure out ways to put this group in the best position possible um, that's kind of my mentality coming in how do you when you because you are in by definition, you're the most person in the scoreboard business uh, of win, loss, whatnot. But at the same time, injuries impact oftentimes the scoreboard. How do you weigh whether or not I'm being too critical or if I'm not being too critical enough? Because, I mean, to me, it's very simple. When you lose Steven Adams and you lose Brandon Clark and you go up against a team that had, at the time, the guy that looked like he was playing the best front court basketball in the entire world, like, how do you kind of weigh being fair to yourself and trying to, to apply the appropriate amount of criticism? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's an exact answer to that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a fantastic question because as coaches, or at least in my case, I beat myself over everything. I try to be overcritical. you got to start there um, and then work backwards and understand the realities. I try to be very realistic. Obviously, you, know, you got the question all summer, hey, if only you had Steve-O, if yeah. only you had BC. I'm like, yeah, I'm well aware of that. Yes. But then I'm not doing my job if I'm not preparing the team, I'm not preparing the coaching staff that, you know, we say it all the time. You know, there's been times when Jaron's been out, Jaw's been out, Dez was out. Um, when we had Dylan Brooks, he was out. Like we had guys that played key roles for us out for various reasons, and we still found success. Um, obviously, in the playoffs, that's where the magnifying glasses are even more. And um, did we prepare our team enough to appreciate what it takes to win in the playoffs, even though we had had previous experiences, knowing that injuries are part of the game? You can wrap all this stuff up and go, all right, well, the hand that you're dealt. 
Um, are you still preparing everyone that what if we played five smalls? What if we played five bigs? Like you never know what direction your team's going to go. Um, how, as I said, that problem solving, okay, we got a problem. We've got something that we've got to address here. How are we still not going to just say, oh, well, this is our new reality. We're going to accept it. And this is going to be the reason why we may lose or not perform like we need to. That's not good enough because I've got to set the tone with our group. Now, when they come in, that we can control winning habits. Yep. And, and that's what it comes down to. And when you go back and look at the film, yeah, obviously credit the Lakers. They played phenomenally well. They were on a run there at the end of the regular season. And, you know, we had some things that we were battling. Obviously, the injuries like you mentioned. But to me, it's we knew our winning habits. We just didn't execute them. So how do I coach differently? Not just then, but throughout the season. Um, how do our players appreciate it more? Um, you know, countless, countless film sessions going like, and if only we did this. And it had nothing to do with who was in this spot um, or who made this play. Um, you know, we can be better from that. So that's kind of the optic, you know, lens that I come through it. You say, great, sometimes you want to be overcritical, but then sometimes you should, hey, scale back a little bit. I'm an overcritical guy, and then reality sets in and allows you to make the decisions you needed to make. When you think back on that series, is game four the one that stings? Yeah, that definitely stings. Well, I mean, obviously having a lead, anyone you lose, but to me, I, I go back and, you know, we'll see where this season projects out to, and we've got to take care of our business. But if, you know, again, we're, we're battling to get into the playoffs and we have that opportunity, my big message is game one. It always starts with game one. Um, you know, don't, don't even look at the Utah series, but two years ago we lose against Minnesota at yeah. home. We lose against Golden State at home. We lose against L.A. at home. And you spend all this time, a week of preparation when you're the number two seed. Who cares about the number two seed? But you had preparation, not just that week, but all season long, yeah. to know what does it take to win at the playoffs. Um, and you got to set a tone in that first game. And game one's probably the one that stings the most because we knew what we were going to see from the Lakers. And immediately in the first five minutes, the whole game plan was on display. And, and we didn't do what we needed to do, not just defensively, but even offensively against you know a stout defense. Um, so game one stings. Game four, of course. Um, game six stings the way we went out as well. Anytime you lose, it stings. Um, so uh, hopefully our guys are motivated with that sour taste in their mouth. Does the way last season ended in a weird way kind of make – make your job a little easier this year where it feels like you know because even if you look back to the the previous year there's still the idea of like okay this was their arrival moment and getting into winning a playoff series getting into the losing to the champion but taking the champion as far as anyone else did you can kind of feel pretty good about yourself but the way that it ends last year it almost feels like it's as a coach like that's kind of what you want is because no one was satisfied with the way last year ended. Yeah, absolutely. No one was satisfied. Um, you know, I kept saying I, w- I was pissed, but I was motivated yeah. at the end, of course. I mean, we're all competitors, and we want to win. Um, and it was just the fate. It was our reality. We didn't earn it. Um, we didn't go seize it. Um, but what's going to motivate you? And I spent a lot of time looking inward on myself, uh, a lot of dialogues with our staff, and a lot of heart-to-hearts with our players as well that I'm going to continue to carry out myself and with the players and the staff throughout the season. Um, but I don't want it to be like an easy road. Yeah. Okay, well, we lost, and that's only going to springboard you to even be more serious. But, you know, there's definitely a different feeling. Um, but, you know, the thing I always talk about is you've never arrived, you know, and I, I would hope that, you know, the day that we achieve winning the first championship here in Memphis, we still haven't yet to arrive because what are we motivated by? It's about doing the things that lead to winning. It's not just winning itself. It's doing the things that it takes. That's what you should fall in love with. Um, that's what you should be pissed about and motivated to correcting if you're not doing it. So easier said than done. You know, these are all words that get thrown around. But for me, um, I don't want this job to be any easier because of last year's, you know, end result. I want it to be just more fuel to my, hey, how do we get better? How do I lead? How do I coach better? Um, because I don't want that arrival moment to ever happen. There's always something to get better towards.
What excites you the most about this year? Um, you know, I think a, a true test of, you know, I keep using the phrase, the appreciation that our guys are going to have. Um, and it's not just after last season. It's the four years. You know, you learn so many different things. And it's really getting our guys to commit and understand the sacrifice, the accountability that it takes, the, the appreciation for the small things, um, all things that we've talked about, and really gauging have we f- have we kind of figured that out have we are we ready um you know because i want that to even be the case the year after we win a championship eventually is are we still ready um so i I think it's a great influx of new players great influx of new staff uh coaches um and just the dialogues i've had with the guys i think there is that sense of being pissed and motivated um obviously there's a joy to start in the season and being excited but i think it's really focused on are we going to be motivated that's the thing i'm most excited about and that's the edge i've got to bring and that's the edge i'm excited to see the guys start bringing tomorrow in camp but truly bringing it in october november december january february and on and on and on um that that's the button that we've got to be trying to push every single day taylor i appreciate it. good luck this thanks season. a lot jeffrey have a great one send you man. that is taylor jenkins let's turn our attention now to desmond bain you just made the list desmond bain joining the program live from fedex forum des i feel like you're the most appropriate person to ask this was last year fun um Every every time I get to step on a basketball court, you know, I don't take yeah. it for granted and it's fun. But, um, you know, in previous years we have had that camaraderie and um, really been able to express that, um, you know, on, off the floor, in the locker room. And we had pockets of it last year, um, you know, but with expectations and guys, guys in contract years and whatever the case may be, um, you know, at times it definitely did, didn't seem the same. Because I've always thought that's the interesting thing. Like, if you've ever been in locker rooms, sometimes, like, you know, even if you're playing, like, high school, the parents make it more dramatic than usually it is in a locker room. Did it spill over? Could y'all feel it? Or was it – I mean, I assume it was never as dramatic maybe as first take made it. it Yeah, it was was never like, oh, my God, this is terrible or I can't. But just the amount of joy that we had the second year where everybody's having fun and – you know, it's it was like our first year kind of bursting onto the scene. So it was almost like a Cinderella story. So, you know, it's hard to compare everything to that, um, you know, of course. But um, we're we're in a much, you know, better place um, this year, I feel like. And um, I'm looking forward to the season. How frustrating was it? You obviously missed time with the injury. And then it's, to me, it seemed clear you were fighting through the injury. And I mm-hmm. think the, the surgery... I, how frustrating was that as a player to go yeah. through a year where you're playing banged up? Exactly, and you're and we're talking about having fun. You know, it's it's obviously yeah. a personal question, and that was my first year, um, you know, missing significant time, um, missed significant time for one, and then playing on an injury too. You know, so I definitely had my own battles that that I was going through last season, and um, you know, I'm glad to be on the other side of it and, and feeling good. How? <clears throat> How frustrating is that when you're playing through it? Like, is it is it something like where, you know, you're you can't get the li- like? And I think back like when I was playing, I was throwing, and if my like if I had mm-hmm. elbow problems, like it's, exactly. I couldn't release it where I wanted to, so I start developing bad habits, like throwing sidearm, trying to like just make it not hurt or whatnot. But for you, did you did you feel like it was impacting your game in terms of like how you would physically approach it? Um, physically, I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna give my all. Um, you know, regardless, um, mentally, I think is, is where it started weighing on me yeah. the most, you know, just playing and waking up and not feeling well or not feeling like myself. And then, you know, 
having to go out and go into competition and fighting to feel my best for for every game um you know was definitely a work in progress but obviously special thanks to to our training staff who did an unbelievable job having me prepared and able to play and still perform and be there for my teammates so um, I'm very very thankful to have them in my corner every year is obviously a different year how does this feel different this year um, I think Marcus and Derek has kind of given us like a, a breath of fresh air, um, you know, some older guys that, that we can kind of lean on and um, get information from and learn from. And obviously they'll help us a ton on the court as well. And having having Steve-O back in the fold and, um, you know, Jaron coming off of Team USA, um, a lot of exciting stuff going on. GG's look look really good in, in the times that that we've gotten up and down the floor, and and our guys like Jake, Zaire, um, Roddy, um, you know, are making great strides, of course, as well. Okay, I think I asked Ja this last year, so I'll ask you: when you put your pen to the paper signing that contract, like how amazing of a feeling is that? It's different. I mean, it's the I remember putting the pen to paper for the first one, um, you know, and that was an amazing feeling <laughs> right but this you is know, a little different yeah and this one was you know a, a whole lot of the same and um you know being able to share that moment with my lady and and my son um you know meant the world to me and um you know i'm super thankful that this organization believes in me and um sees me as part of the future moving forward have you allowed yourself a dumb purchase yet not yet not yet you got your eye on anything I'm I'm looking at lake houses. There we go. Yeah, I'm looking, there at, we go. looking at lake houses. Um, we'll probably push it off to next summer, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely on the market. All right, buddy, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you, brother. That is Desmond Bain. We come back, we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear more from Media Day. I'll ask Luke Kennard what it was like to play for Coach K and whether or not I miss him. We'll do all that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. This hour of the G&J Show is presented by Regions Bank. Now, back to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show, live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. G&J on 92.9 FM ESPN. Let's continue our Grizzlies Media Day-inspired version of the list. Luke Kennard. You just made the list. And we welcome Luke Kennard down to the program at FedEx Forum. Um, Luke, why did your shoulder get hurt? That really upset a lot of us, um, especially for, like, those of us that maybe enjoy, like, watching good shooting and whatnot. Like, it was just such, like, a perfect moment watching you have, like, that that massive, awesome playoff moment. And it's like, and then his shoulder gets hurt. I know. Um, it was tough. It really was tough. Uh, you know, it was just, I don't know, kind of an, an unlucky spot that I was in there. Um, you know, on, on the defensive end, you know, my arm just kind of got caught and, that was it. I, knew, I but I knew right away it was something. Something wasn't great there. So, uh, but yeah, it was tough. Not not being able to play the next game. My favorite moment of that was like it was a nice little throwback for we started to like the internet's ruined everything because there's <laughs> so much information. But like remember back in the good old days when like people would send like in a group chat or something. Hey, so and so's uh, girlfriend saw so and so's girlfriend and whatnot. <laughs> we had a nice moment with you. Like there was a rumor going around that someone had gone to yoga with your wife yeah. and it was like oh it's bad news bears and whatnot i was like that was just a nice throwback dude like going back to the days of the rumor mill like i i've missed that but you know forgetting about how the way last year ended for you does this feel like did that moment feel like maybe perhaps it like propels you into something heading into this year yeah absolutely um you know i'm 
I'm healthy right now. Um, I'm feeling good. Had a really healthy off season, and um, you know I healed up and probably a couple weeks after all that happened, um, which had to be even more annoying. Yes, yes, but uh, but no, I'm feeling good. You know, we knew you know fresh start here, starting the year off, um, having a full season is going to be exciting and something I'm looking forward to. So uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, so I hate your former college coach. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like though, but I found myself missing him. Like, I realized college right. basketball was so much, so much better with him because, like, we need both. Connor and I were, were just discussing this, but I'm curious to Like, when you hear all the stories about Coach K, it sounds like y'all are like, y'all have, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Like, <laughs> w- what is the mind control of him? And also, like, can you just give me one story that, like, makes me feel good about just hating him? Because I miss <laughs> him so much. I no. miss him so much. No, I'm, Coach, Coach was great. I mean, honestly, he was such an incredible coach when I was there and in person and um but yeah you know he he does he does have that thing where when he's talking I mean you're just locked in into what he's saying and um you know I I just think I mean I think he's just so knowledgeable yeah um he's I mean he's been a part of the game for so many years um I don't even know how many but it's a lot um but yeah I mean he just kind of when I took my official visit there to go when I was getting recruited yeah um I, you know, went through the day, went to a game, and I ended up going to class with, I think, like, Marshall Plumley just to see what it was like and just, like, I don't know, all these things and sat down with Coach, and um, he was just explain, explaining to me all these things. And when I left there and I got back home to Ohio, I was sitting in a high school class, and I remember pull, I pulled my phone out in the middle of class. I texted my dad, and I was like, I'm going to Duke. Yeah. And – and I just, I don't know, I just had the, the thought on my mind, like, I mean, playing for Coach K would be so incredible. But, yeah, I mean, the game obviously misses him a lot. Um, I know he, he probably misses the game, but, um, but no, I'm, I, I love Coach Shire, too. That's, that's there Sure, no, I, I, that's not, yeah. I'm not even, I'm, this isn't a headline grab. I just, I just found myself this year, right. I was like, because, honestly, the, the end of Coach K fueled me to a level that I've never experienced. Like, it was one of the greatest sports <laughs> runs in the history of the world. Like, right. it reinvigorated me. Like, I was just like, uh, watching him die was just amazing. But at the same time, like, you're telling that story, and all I'm sitting there thinking about is, God, that must have been awesome. Like, getting, like, can you, do you ever think about, like, can I just go back and get recruited just, like, one more time? Oh, yeah. Like, that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. It was, it was so much fun. So much fun. But... <laughs> He was great. He was great. I mean, he still he'll still he'll just hit me up randomly if yeah. I have a good game or something. Or I think it was the night where I had ten threes here. Yeah, he texts me like right after the game. God, like, that game incre- was fun too. Incredible game and yeah. like so he's he's always involved and uh, he's he looks out for us. All right, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Everybody feels like it, it's kind of weird when you think about. All right, this team felt like it was on this one trajectory. They had you last year, and then it. It starts like open up possibilities. Like, oh, the offense maybe could be something that we haven't seen. When you think about this year, like, what are the goals for you? And you know, how do you? What would you view a successful season for this team? Yeah, um, I mean, I think you know, to start off for me, um, it's just continuing to be a knockdown shooter yeah. um, and being able to space the floor for some of the guys that we have. And um, yeah, just being aggressive. I mean, that's the thing that the coaches have continue to be on me about is being aggressive and shooting the ball looking for my shot even more and doing whatever it takes to get open and get those shots off um so that was my mentality all summer all off season um, and i'm looking forward to doing that this year um but i know this team is is really locked in and i think we added some really good pieces this off season that are going to help us and, and take us to the next level and um obviously we're, we're excited for when jock comes back and he's just gonna like i said bring us up 
an entire new level and um I know we're excited. I mean, the prepar like something I noticed as soon as I got here last uh, during the trade deadline and all that was, you know, how this team prepares, how the coaches prepare, and um, you know how mature they are and wanting to win and, and what it takes to win. Um, so I'm I'm excited to, like I said, start the start the year off here and, and have that full season. It feels like it has like I don't know how much you did or didn't like high school, but like I went to a high school that was a lot of fun to go to. Like to me, this it feels like today kind of has like a first day of school but like i mean that in a good way like nobody's dreading like everyone's oh, yeah. kind of like kind of fired up to be back it everybody, feels like that everybody's got a little pep in their step yeah. today that's for, that's for sure so uh I, we're we're ready to go i mean over the last couple of weeks you know guys starting to get back in the city and we're working out together and um there's been a buzz there in the gym so it's exciting all right buddy we really appreciate it good yes, luck sir. to you thank you Let's do one more. Xavier Tillman. You just made the list. Xavier Tillman pr joining the program down here in FedEx Forum. Xavier, I got to ask you, how does, how do you stay mentally prepared where it feels like, you know, all of a sudden you're, you find yourself out of the lineup the last two seasons and playoff time comes and you're right there locked in, ready to go. Like, how did you, how did you prepare yourself for that moment? Wondering maybe whether or not it even come. Uh, by wanting it so bad, like, those are the moments that when you're growing up in your driveway, you kind of dream of those game, game, those game time clutch shots and clutch moments and stuff like that. So for me, I always thought it was going to come. I never knew when um, and if it was ever going to come, but I always thought it would in the back of my head. So the preparation that I, that I have for each and every day and just wanting to get the best out of every day is because I want to be ready for those moments if they ever do come. And so far in these last couple of years, they've been coming. How do you kind of process the last well let's say like last year the exit and because on the one hand it's like you don't want to dismiss what was a good year you finished second in the west again and it's another good year but the ending obviously oftentimes dictates how you feel about a season mm -hmm. when you look back how do you process it it's a good question we went through a lot of ups and downs throughout the season especially off the court and even on the court you sure. know not having Ja, not having bc for portions of it um not having steve for since you know january or so so like we went through a lot of um ups and downs throughout the season so for us to still finish second you know that's something to really tip our caps to showing how ready the young guys were you know to step up and fill those roles and even guys like uh des even stepping up his playmaking ability and being and being so durable and playing a lot of minutes that he did so um obviously it wasn't uh the result we wanted right you know losing to the lakers especially the way we did that last game just being you know a blowout the way it was like we, we want to compete that's what we stand for but uh i don't know it's motivation going into the year like when you're in the summertime you're getting your workouts in and it feels tough you got that fire in the back of your head like nah like i don't want to feel that way again that i felt so you do everything you can have you ever had a, a season like that that was just so up and down topsy turvy it's like it wasn't just it was like it wasn't just okay well they're really great at home and they're you know they, they struggle on the road but it was just like you had intense highs, and then there were intense lows. Have you ever had a season like that? I, I don't want to say all my life, but definitely I've had uh, a lot of seasons, you know, that weren't smooth. And it, I think that's how it goes, though, to be honest. Sure, because it's, it's such a grind. Yeah, it's, it's such a grind. You just never know. People have, like, life happens. You know, I've had a situation where I had one of my teammates, who's a, who's a brother, you know, at the very beginning of the season, and it shook us up yeah. the whole year, you know. And so um, for me, like, that's just kind of what happens in basketball season. Life still goes on. It doesn't matter if you're playing or not. You just got to be able to withstand everything and, and keep going. Does camp feel different this year? 
Uh, we'll see tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see tomorrow if it feels different. Um, I'm definitely excited. I just want to see the impact our, our new guys have. Yep. I want to see the readiness of our young guys and what they're going to bring to the table. Um, and I'm excited. All right, buddy. We really appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. That was sound from Grizzlies Media Day. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we tell your story next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Coming up at 4 p.m., it's the Gabe Coon Show with the tallest lineman on the radio. In fact, the only lineman on the radio, Gabe Coon. Weekdays from 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. on 92.9 FM, ESPN. Country music singer-songwriter Kylie Morgan absolutely loves her Genesis diamond ring. I got so many compliments as soon as I got the ring and continue to get compliments on it. It looks really pretty on my finger. Kylie's husband, Jay, heard folks in the music industry raving about Genesis, but he also did a lot of homework on his own. When it came to finding the ring, he took it very seriously. He did all the research. I think he knows more about diamonds than any man in the entire world. (laughs) And that's how he landed on Genesis. He just knew that they were the best. Jay picked out a stunning, flawless, pear-shaped diamond in an elegant setting. Got the value price Genesis is known for. And now they both tell everyone they meet about the amazing Genesis experience. When you walk into Genesis, you can just feel the happiness. You know that they're helping find something that symbolizes the love that you have for your partner, and you can feel that as soon as you walk through the door. It's always been you, and I've always been your wife. Genesis Diamonds at Poplar and Perkins Extended. Mom, we're out of potato chips. Teenagers, they'll eat you out of house and home, kind of like health insurance, which can take a big bite out of the family budget. Fortunately, with Farm Bureau Health Plan's Core Choice coverage, we can save $3,600 a year compared to the leading competitor. And we've got better coverage with a lower premium, lower deductible, free telehealth visits, and access to one of the largest networks available. Can we order pizza? (laughs) Visit FBHP.com or your local Farm Bureau office today. It's game on at Samstown Hotel and Gambling Hall, Tunica. Win big in our sports book where you can join us on Saturday, October 21st to watch all the action in UFC 294. Win with your taste buds when you dine in one of our food venues, including Willie and Jose's. Try traditional Mexican dishes along with making your own burritos, tacos, and bowls. Be a winner any way you play and anytime you stay. Only at Samstown Tunica. See Boyd Rewards for full details. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. This is Gary Parrish reminding you about Danny Morrison Roofing Professionals. They're a local, family-owned and operated business serving the Mid-South's residential and commercial roofing needs since 2010. It's the home of the free roof. You really can get a new roof with no cost to you. Most roofing jobs, they can be done in one day, so this isn't some lengthy process. Just call Danny at 901-870-0186. It's Danny Morrison Roofing, a proud supporter of the University of Memphis Athletic Department. Danny Morrison Roofing, 901-870-0186. Don't miss your chance to score big this NFL season with FanDuel. They're America's number one sports book. Right now, new FanDuel customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right, $200 in bonus bets. That's whether you win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, you pick the right time. There's no better time than now. And the app's easy to use. Plus, you can bet on whatever you like. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. What do you need to do? Visit FanDuel.com Fuller to get in on this NFL action. That's F-U-L-L-E-R. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 
21 plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. Cooling or heating system on the fritz? Dripping faucet? Call the pros at Conway Services today and we'll waive the service call fee with any HVAC or plumbing repair. Expert technicians available seven days a week. Call 384-3511 to schedule your appointment. Visit ConwayServices.com for details, terms, and conditions. Lesson number 64210, 64365 EAS, MS 1966. Call 384-3511. Conway Services. Call Conway today. For today's Tell Your Story, we could go to a myriad of examples from the U.S. team during the Ryder Cup, but I think the one that I've chosen for a definition of don't tell these story, tell your story. Patrick Cantlay in his post game after yesterday, following the video of Rory McIlroy going nutso on Joe LaCava, Patrick Cantlay's caddy, said, quote, like I said yesterday in the media, I didn't see the incident that happened on the green with Rory and Joe. Unfortunately for Patrick, uh, we have the internet, we have video, and everyone found like 15 different pictures of Cantlay clearly seeing what indeed happened on the green between his caddy and Rory McIlroy. So don't tell these story, tell your story. I want to thank everyone down at FedEx Forum. My thanks to the Grizzlies for the for lining up the interviews for us. All of those were great. If you missed any of those, those will be up on the podcast shortly after the program ends. My thanks also to Jason Munns for joining the program. For Dennis, this is Jeffrey saying thanks for listening. Keep listening. The Gabe Coon Show with special guests. We come up next. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. I have diabetes. I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I have asthma. I'm at risk too. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20. Pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a vaccine that can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Occupied. Hurry up. Go away. I'm enjoying my hot shower. Yeah, we'd all like to. Hot water hog. That's it. Family meeting. We can all enjoy long, steaming, hot showers, even the last in line, which it seems is always me. But go ahead, have that imaginary argument of what you should have said. Take your time. With our new high-efficiency Navian tankless water heater, I'll never take a cold shower again. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Henry Winkler. My eyes are very important to me. My eyes connect me with things I love. 
I loved my late father-in-law dearly. He always lit up a room, but his vision dimmed with age. He had age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. And since partnering with Apellis, I've learned there's an advanced form of the disease called geographic atrophy, or GA. His struggle with vision loss made me want to help others know about GA's warning signs. For some, straight lines seem wavy, like when looking at a doorframe. For others, blurry or missing spots can make it hard to read or see loved ones' faces. Many have trouble seeing in low light, making driving at night difficult. GA gets worse over time and cannot be reversed. If you've been diagnosed with AMD and notice vision changes, don't wait. Talk to your eye doctor about GA today. Learn more at gawontwait.com. That's gawontwait.com. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, 988 provides 24-7 compassionate support and connection to trained counselors. When you call, text, or chat 988, you'll be quickly connected to trained counselors who will listen to your concerns, provide support, and connect you to additional resources if needed. There is hope. The light. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 